In Genesis chapter 6, when God is going to destroy the world, verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Today we have churches filled with people who will not turn to God. They will not turn to God and take their problems to God. They want to bring their problems to you or to me or to someone else. They want to tell us of their problems. When that happens, they can pull us down with them and their falling down is because they do not have faith to turn to God in prayer. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 Be careful for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. But they don't. They tell you their problems. You must note these people and avoid them because they can pull you down with them by their unbelief because they show an unbelief in God. They can say they are Christians, but their belief and faith is not in God. It's in other people. They are so weak they can't do Philippians 4.6 or won't do Philippians 4.6. I spoke with a man recently, he, he would identify himself as Catholic. I made the mistake of asking him how his children were doing, his adult-aged children. Now, let's learn from this, from my mistake. You cannot ask an unbeliever how his children are doing, because he will tell you. He has not talked it over with God. He'll quickly tell you, given the opportunity, you will be weighed down and burdened by what he says. If you jump in and try to help him, you will be very nearly destroyed, if not destroyed. And if you don't jump in and help him, you will be troubled until you cast his cares on God which he has not done. Therefore, mark that individual and avoid him. For even if he says he is a Christian, he's not living as a Christian. That will destroy us. I have about six people marked out on my list of people who have the potential to destroy me with their cares. If you are taking all of your problems to God, and they are not, there's a real problem here. You have to take action to avoid them. Uh, Paul said they have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Second, um, that's 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul said there will be t perilous times in the last days. And true, that is exactly what we're seeing right now. We have to be sensitive 
to building an ark and remaining in the ark where God has placed us, where he has told us what to do with our lives. Because that's the only place of safety in the end times. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 11, the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way, God's way, upon the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And he said to Noah, Make thee an ark. He told Noah exactly how to build the ark that would work to save him. Each of us, I'm persuaded, have to have instruction from God as we go forward in order to avoid the things that are coming upon this earth and to live in safety and peace. The main thing is to live in peace without spot and blameless. Peter tells us that in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 14. When Jesus comes, be diligent that you will be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. The only way we can do that is to live every day in peace without spot and blameless because we don't know which day Jesus is coming. No one does. So we must live daily in peace. If you were to ask me, how are things going? You can safely ask me that because any concern I have, I have already taken it to God and settled it. But if you ask another person at your church, how are things going? You may see a frown come on their face, and they may start telling you all their troubles. If so, mark that person and avoid him, because he will cast his cares on you instead of casting them on God. He will take his concerns to you and to anyone else who will listen to him. He will burden them with his concerns, and probably inwardly he thinks you'll pray. When he can't pray, that's an unbeliever. I don't care if he calls himself a Christian. 
and attends your church group. He basically doesn't have faith in God to take his concerns to God. So you must make note of that and stay away from that person. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. And the Lord shut him in where he would be safe. Because when that rain started to fall, what do you think those people would do? Why, they would try to get in that ark. But God had shut the door. They couldn't get in. And that's the way our life will be at the end. We have to know what God has assigned to us. We have to cling to that because they will try to pull us another direction. There is a man just about a week ago who contacted me by email. I think he was in Africa. And what he wanted was for me to be what he called his mentor. He said he was a pastor. Now, I have serious doubts that he's really called by Jesus to be a pastor because I know when Jesus calls a person to the ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, Ephesians 4, when Jesus calls them, he also equips them and teaches them. He is our mentor, not another human being. This man said he wanted me to be his mentor, and he had some kind of thing where I could call him every week and talk to him. And then he wanted me to come to his country, which I think was Africa, and at my own expense, they don't ever have any money to help you. It's at your own expense, come to my country. Oh, I have them say that to me all the time. All the time. We receive several like that. Usually they also want me to send them a computer, a projector, a camera. See that they see me as their Lord, providing for their needs. I've had so many emails like this from all over the world. So this man wanted me to come to Africa and work with the other ministers and work with him every week by telephone. And I told him this, I'm 83 years old. I cannot travel. Actually, I can't even walk without a walker, and then I can only walk a few feet. They don't really express any concern whatsoever over your condition. It's just what they want. I've never had one of them say to me, Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that. I shouldn't have asked you that. Although we have this printed on the front page of our homepage of our blog, all this information is there where they could see all they think about themselves. Well, that's what Paul said would happen. Second Timothy chapter 3, in verse 1, he said, In the last days perilous times will come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. So you can't afford to be deceived by these people. If they're going to bring you their troubles, they're not trusting in God. One time a young man 
came to the city that I was living in, he was applying for a job at Texas Tech University. And he said to me, will you pray that I get this job? And I said, no, I will not. I don't know God's will for you. I will pray that the will of God be done. As we talked, he said, oh, it's so nice to be around a godly woman. And he said, it's good for you, too, to be around me because you can tell me your troubles. And I said, oh, I don't do that. He said, you don't? And I said, no. He said, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I tell my troubles to God. He said, oh, Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, the Word, the Word that God gives you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. When I was a new Christian, I didn't know to do this, and of course I told people at our church group, you may be a new Christian also, and you this might be new to you, but let me tell you, you have to grow up very fast because you don't have the luxury of the time left on this earth that I had in 1975 when I was a new Christian. You have to learn quickly. Grow up instantly. The next time you want to turn to somebody at church and tell them your troubles, pull back on that. Do Philippians 4, 6. Keep Philippians 4, 6 in front of you constantly and do it. You will grow in Christ when you do that because you have to have faith in God to do this. Let's look at it once again. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Talk to God about your problem. And one thing often missing when you pray, or when we pray, is the will of God. What is the will of God concerning your perceived problem? What's God's will? I had a house that was for sale in Texas in 2019. And at first it did not sell. And I would pray, when I thought of the house, I would pray and ask God to help sell that house, to bring the right people to the property. How do I know it was the will of God for that house to sell? Because in December of 2018, I fell at the house, and the ambulance workers picked me up and took me to the hospital. But as we were going past the front door of that house, I heard, you will never see this house again. Now, that didn't concern me, because I've had enough experience with God to know that whatever God works out will be much better than I could work out for myself. To trust in God. It takes experience often to trust in God. 
You have to start somewhere. So start today. If there's anything that concerns you in your life, just start by talking to God about it. If you have a bunch of things that concern you, you might want to make a list of them and one by one talk to God about them. Because this requires faith in God. You must start doing this now if you are not already doing this. So I knew it was God's will for that house to sell because he told me I would never see the house again. I don't need a vacant house sitting in Texas. I had moved to Colorado. Well, the house did sell. It took time, but it did sell. But I knew it was his will. So one thing you have to be sure of in your life and your prayers, what is the will of God for you in this matter? Whatever it is you're wanting God to do, what is the will of God? If you will read 1 John chapter 5, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, and if we know he hears us, we know he ha- we have what we have asked him. He will do it. But many people don't consider the will of God in the subject. So start with that. If you belong to God, as long as he lives, leaves you on this earth, he has work for you to do. Only you can determine what you are supposed to do. You will have to go to God with that. I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm to exhort the church, and I'm to do it by books, blog, podcast, and Twitter. Those are so far the types of things God has shown me to exhort the church on. Each of us have to work out our own lives so that we eliminate those people and things which greatly torment us. For you can't live in peace with them. And we set our path to live in peace with the remaining time that we have on this earth. The wickedness grows so great on this earth, it's like leaves on the tree just screaming out, Jesus is coming soon. Because as the wickedness of the world and the churches increase, as the churches fall away from Scripture, Antichrist moves in to the churches. And that had to happen before Jesus can return. The stage is set for Jesus to return. The leaves on the trees are the falling away from Scripture by the churches and the wickedness of this world, both of which have escalated greatly each decade. I had on a television show the other day, and a commercial came on, and two men were kissing each other on the mouth. Homosexuals. A very few years ago, in 1945, at the end of World War II, William Shearer wrote a book called The Rise and Fall, of the Third Reich. I'd read it before, but I'm rereading it now. And one thing Shear talks about in it are sexual perversions. Today, people don't talk about that in their books because 
They have to appear to approve it no matter how they feel. But what the only thing that matters on the subject homosexual lesbian is what God says. And that is stated for us in Romans chapter 1, verses 26-27. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. So what God thinks about it is it's vile affection. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. Vile affections, that's what God calls it. It doesn't matter what I say. It matters what God says. The only thing that matters that I would say is when I line up my thinking with the Bible. But this is what God says about it. Well, in 1940, Shearer openly called this perversions, sexual perversion. Today, they wouldn't do that. That's how fast it has changed from 1940 until today. We're growing farther and farther away from the Bible. The churches and the world are approving sins that would not have been approved in the period of 1940. If you look at the television programs 10 years backward, you will see a totally different type of program than you see today. That's because... They're moving so rapidly today away from the Word of God and they're trying to approve all forms of sin in the world as well as in the church. The end is coming. You want to be in the ark that God prepares for you to be able to ride out the storm that is ahead of us. God has done quite a few things with my life to help me as we see the wickedness increase. I was living alone in Lubbock, Texas, in a house alone by myself in 2018, December 2018, when I fell and had to go into the hospital for surgery. I knew things were going to change. Well, God told me you'll never see this house again when the ambulance workers rolled me past the front door. In the hospital, I was in a rehab hospital for two and a half months after surgery. In the hospital, God worked it out for me to move to Colorado Springs to live with one of our church people in her house. This has been great. I didn't, I mean, I went directly from the hospital on February 24th, 2019 to her house in Colorado. Now, why is it possible for me to live with this person? The main reason, I think, is because she doesn't expect me to be God. She turns to God and takes her problems to God And she doesn't even tell me about her problems usually until after God has told her the solution to the problem and she's already worked it out 
And then often she will say she had this problem and she turned to God and he showed her to do such and such. And then we all rejoice. She doesn't cast her cares on me. And that's why I think it works. Well, before coronavirus hit, I was moved to her house in January, in February of 2019. So I had already been there a little over a year when we first heard of coronavirus. And I'm so glad that I do not have to be alone during this period of time. I'm also very glad not to have the responsibility of physical property. Some people look at big houses and they say, Ooh, I wish I had that. Well, maybe they're a certain age where they would wish that, but I can tell you when you get older, things change rapidly. And you're very glad not to have the responsibility of these houses. And I have plenty to do, even though I can't walk and I rarely leave my bedroom. I have plenty to do because I have the assignment to exhort the church and have blog, podcast, and now Twitter. So as long as I do my assignment, the time flies by. I'm sure you have an assignment also. And as long as you focus on your assignment, don't doesn't the time fly by? And even if it gets a little draggy, you can turn to God, I often do, and just ask God to fill my day. And he does. But one thing I'm sure I can't do is to be around people who are going to torment me by telling me their problems and by telling me the problems of their children. And you will open the door when you ask them, how are things going? So don't do it. You could ask Pam Paget how are things going? And she will tell you, fine, because she takes her concerns to God. You can ask me, how are things going? And I'm going to tell you, great, just great. This is the best my life has ever been. But you ask them, and very often you're going to open a floodgate for them to tell you their problems because they have not taken them to God in prayer and settled them. So here are some scriptures that we can judge concerning the people to be around and the people not to be around, the things to do and the things not to do. Remember, the primary goal is to be able to live in peace without spot and blameless. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Like I've told you, I've got about six people that I cannot communicate with. Every one of them say they're Christian, but they don't take their, their problems to God. They cast them on me given the opportunity. Matthew chapter 11, verse 30, judge what you're doing by this. God says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you feel burdened by something, either you have yoked yourself to the wrong thing or you're doing it the wrong way. Either way, you must take it to God in prayer if you feel a difficult yoke and burdened by what you're doing. 
for you're not going in the way of God. You need to get in the plan of God and you need to be around the people God wants you to be around. And you've somehow gotten around the wrong people or you are going about things the wrong way. For God's yoke is easy and his burden is light. And James 3.17 tells us how to evaluate the wisdom that is from above. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, God says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Know what God has shown you to do, and what he has shown you not to do. And stay in your ark. Learn to stay where God has put you, in a place of safety where you can live in peace, And don't go out and ask all the church people how they're doing because a lot of them do not trust in God. They trust in humans. And they will burden you. But you'll find out very quickly if you ask of those things, you will find out which ones are turning to God with their problems because they won't be turning to you with their problems if they're turning to God with their problems because they will already have them resolved with God. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.